0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey. I am Nolan. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. This is your very first time listening to the podcast. Of course, thank you. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on all that good stuff. So go ahead and check us out uh, with future content, some content in the past. Um, Let us know what you think because it always absolutely helps. But Trey, man, we had game seven today. We're going to get into that. But what's going on? How you feeling?
1: Man, I'm feeling good, man. You know, I was really excited this morning when I woke up, you know, game seven today. But uh, as we will discuss later on in the pod, it was not that good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, it wasn't great. I mean, we got a lot to get into. Obviously, we'll get into game seven. We'll get into uh, some of the playoff stuff, Trey. uh, We were actually watching it basically simultaneously. So we had a lot of thoughts on that. But we woke up this morning, Trey, and (laughs) I'm talking to you actually live. And we see the actually no, you texted, I think it was. You texted this morning yeah. the John Morant news. And obviously we talked about John Morant a lot on the podcast. So everyone knows kind of the situations he's been in um lately. Um well I guess it shouldn't be as current. This is a couple months back, you know, with the, the gun issue, this and that. Long story short, Trey texted this this article in our group message. And I, I first thing I thought was okay, this has to be like something about the old situation, maybe just like some new details. So I'm like, okay, so I click on it. And then I'm like, it, it's the dates, you know, today and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And then I actually read it and I'm like, this can't be true. Like this can't actually be true that this is happening. So then of course it has a video. I click on the video, see what everybody's talking about. And I, I'm just honestly in shock. Like I don't really have too many, much too many words to even say about it. So I just can't believe there's that something that's actually happening. I don't know. I want to know what your thought was when you first saw the article. Because you said it to me. So I don't want to know what you thought right away.
1: So when I first saw it, I'm thinking, why are they still talking about this? I'm kind of like, as you and I discussed earlier, like, I'm starting to believe, like, maybe they had some new evidence in the first incident, I think, that he had in a strip club where he was flashing a gun. I'm like, maybe something new has ar- arisen. Maybe right. the police, for whatever re- is reason, are wanting to reopen it or reinvestigate it as an active case. And then I click on the article, just out of curiosity, and I see that it was dated, today's date, Sunday, May 14th, and that John Morant has, again, flashed a gun in Instagram Live. Now, I just want to say it's not the worst thing in the world you can do. There's plenty of athletes that have done worse. But my main issue is you just got in trouble for this same exact thing Flashing a gun in public and here you go again you haven't learned anything you're probably gonna lose all your sponsorships I actually do like you like I like watching you as a player and aside of some of the foolishness you do really seem like a really cool guy to be around but like you you're hard headed like I don't know who you hang. Or, I don't know who you hang out with I don't know if they're a bad influence on you or maybe it's vice versa maybe you're the bad influence on them but something's got to change. Because at this point, you like you're you're literally throwing away your career. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's so tough. And of course, if you haven't seen it by now, John Moran was on basically on Instagram Live. It looks like it was his friends' Instagram Live. They're in a the car. They were just doing what guys do, you know, rapping to a song that was on the radio, whatever, and they're rapping it. And it's a very for a quick second, John Moran appears to flash a gun, kind of similar to the previous video. Now, the difference with this one is right away, they stopped the phone down. I don't know who does it, if it's Ja or if it's homeboy, but they slapped it down right away. But, of course, somebody was hating, like we talked about. Somebody took a still frame of that and sent that off, and that's kind of how we got it here. And, obviously, just to update, the, the Memphis Grizzlies that suspended him. I think it definitely now we don't know how long that'll happen. We've also never seen – I don't really know a lot of experiences of guys getting suspended on their day off. You know, it's pretty wild. But, um, you know, to follow up with what you're saying – Everyone that talks about John ja Morant that has been encountered with him loves Ja. So th- that's the thing. Like, so it's very disappointing and, and even hurtful, as just, you know, particularly in our community, but just in general, as a guy that can be one of the faces of the leagues to continue making these mistakes. Now, I, for me, it comes down to the things that are very simple, Trey. So I look at it two ways. I mean, is John ja Morant the guy that is essentially not listening to people? when they are giving him guidance and just ignoring them? Or is he just not getting guidance for people that are around him at all? I I think it can only go two ways here. None of us actually know because we're not around Ja. And I don't know which situation would be better or worse, but either way, it's got to be corrected. And I have a feeling the last time we talked about this, we had stated like, hey, how's this guy going to make these corrections? And we both felt like the little week hiatus that he took with Memphis and coming back. From going to Florida and stuff was was pretty a PR thing, pretty much a sham, a sham there, right? We can just call that what it is. It didn't. Yeah, call it what it is, call
1: it spade to spade.
0: Right. If you're gonna say the issues that he had were that tremendous where he had to find difficult he had difficulties coping with stress and was trying to find solutions, are you telling me he found it in a week? I, I got questions about that. But now you get to this. Are these same issues reoccurring, or do we not care about these issues? Like what's kind of going on here? Like that's the part to me that's the scariest.
1: I think it's just a little bit about not caring. I mean, I think the first time he got in these issues, I find it hard to believe with all the turmoil that it caused, all the public pressure that he didn't receive some kind of good guidance, some kind of good tips on how to move forward and how to, you know, not be involved in any kind of situations of this in the future. But here he is doing it again. So, like, I think it's just a matter of him not listening and I think um, part of that reason, it might be that he just really didn't get, you know, he, he got a slap in the wrist last time because I don't even think he ever got in. I cannot remember, but I, did he ever even get an official NBA suspension? I remember he, the team just had him away for a couple of games. Yeah, so he got, the, he got the
0: eight game suspension. He got, okay, the, that's what got it was, the eight, eight game suspension. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Let, let me tell you something the NBA season is 82 games long, eight games is nothing. So I think it was just really a slap on the wrist. And I don't really think that he learned anything from it. I think, you know, he had the interview with Jalen Rose. He took the blue color dye out of his braids for, you know, a day or two. (laughs) He went out there and he said all the right things. And then I think he knew eventually he could go back to doing whatever it is that he wanted to do. Because when you're really, really talented at a sport, you know, people are always going to gravitate to you. And they're going to let you get away with things that others don't. And I think he just, he's grown accustomed to that. So here's the
0: thing that's scariest for me, right? I don't, obviously, we can go down the rabbit hole of like, why, what's the situation with having to feel the need to always be on Instagram Live, whether him or his homeboys? But that's just the generation we're in. He's not that different from anybody. I know, you know, cousins and stuff like that, that that's just what they like to do. So I, that's not really like a huge deal. The problem to me is, is the only time he's going to learn the lesson. Is if everything is taken away and that's the scariest part now i hope whatever how long this suspension is this is the solution because obviously when you're suspended you're probably going to be suspended without pay i hope that is actually you know the solution to the problem and forces better decision making however a lot of the in a lot of these situations i should say most of the time we only really see real change when some real money is taken and that Trey, unfortunately, would include endorsements, the Nike shoe, whatever else he's got going on. And I don't want that to happen to Ja. Obviously, I want guys to get paid. I want guys to keep their money and, you know, they have generational wealth. But it doesn't seem like, like you said with that slap on the wrist, that it was like that big of a deal. And hopefully, I just, I want to say just hopefully this is the the end of this because John Morant's too great of a player and he means too much to not only the city but also the NBA, you know, for something like that to happen. So, you know. I, I definitely wish ja the, ja the best. But real quick, I mean, what do you? What does the NBA do in a situation like this or even Memphis? Because I know they just put us suspended indefinitely. Do, do you know, and, and again, we're talking about it the day of. We haven't really had too much time to think about it. What would be realistic for you? What, what, what would be a possibility of the discipline, you know, that should be considered to be hand, handed down? Because I'm kind of at a loss with that.
1: With some of the early reports, and again – it hasn't even been a full 24 hours since this incident occurred. But some of the early reports indicate that the NBA is saying that it is not out of the – or they at least suggesting, I should say, that it is not out of the possibility that he could be suspended for half a season. Wow. Uh, that's a lot. That's a
0: lot yeah, for that's a non crime
1: Yeah, it is. And it seems kind of stiff, but I think the issue is that He has these two gun incidents, but then he also has the security at the mall incident. He also has the beating, allegedly beating up a teenager at his house. He has the laser pointer or possibly a gun pointed at a Pacers official, you know, uh, when they were leaving the tunnel after the game. So I think it's just a lot of incidents that are piling up. So I don't think he's going to be just solely based on this one incident. And I I think he's going to get at least 20 or 30 game suspension.
0: Well, let's certainly hope not, man, but we're going to keep it. We're going to keep in touch with that, but that was, you know, before game seven, but let's get into actually some game seven, some actual news. We have Boston Celtics. They got a date with the heat on Wednesday night. They won game seven. Philly got blown out. I mean, there's a lot of directions we can go with this as basically every time we have a topic, I basically always say that, but Trey, we're watching the game and you literally said it to me watching the game. I think some way midway through the second quarter, you're like, yo, this is a great game. Like, you know what I mean? Like we had shots going back and forth, you know, Celtics throw a punch, Sixers throw a punch back, vice versa, back and forth. We're like, yo, this is, this is what we want. This is game seven. This is what we want. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, the Celtics just punched the gas. And I think went on what the 25 to three run. And all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, it's four minutes span and, and it's not even a game anymore. So, I just don't know what happened. And I think we probably expected the Celtics to win, but how did the Sixers let it get this bad?
1: I, you know, I made a loss of words about what happened. You know, we were, we like you said, we were kind of almost watching it simultaneously today. I go downstairs to get some laundry out. I come back upstairs they are losing by 15 points at this t- at this time. This is after halftime. Yeah, I'm just like, what happened? I proceeded to watch like another 20, maybe 30 minutes of the game, and it just looked like the Sixers like they were they were listless, they were lifeless. Like it didn't look like Harden had any fight. He was passing up open shots. He was passing up what lit- appeared to me open layups, a la Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. He wasn't seemed like he was trying to play with any kind of force. He wasn't really trying to get down low on the block. It looked like he was letting Al Horford and Robert Williams push him all the way off the block to the three point line. Like he just, it really looked like as a team, as a collective, that they didn't care. And it looked like their best player, the player that had in the most heart today, was Tobias Harris. And you and I both know that's the issue. If that's if he's going to be your best player. Right. I saw that all throughout Orlando's years. And trust me, we didn't go anywhere.
0: Right. Right. I want to say this. So I'm going to give a couple of takeaways just how I have overall from the game. One, I got to give the Celtics credit, in particular Jason Tatum. 51 points in a closeout game seven. After the performance he had in game six where he didn't, he played absolutely poorly for basically three and a half quarters. And then the last half of the – well, I would say three quarters. And then the whole fourth quarter, he basically turned up, had 16 points in the quarter, um, and he played well. This is Jason Tatum's best game he's ever played. Considering the stakes, considering what we talked about him as a playoff performer, this is the best game he's ever played—not even close. Sometimes we talk about him as being sometimes second fiddle to Jalen Brown, not in talent, but in you know killer instinct or whatever you want to call it. And I think Jason Tatum answered a lot of questions. It's just one game; you don't want to overreact. But moments in the NBA matter. We know it. When if I name you LeBron, Curry, Jordan, you're going to name me three, four different specific moments in those guys' career and it's going to shape how you essentially view them in totality, right? So, you know, I, I think that's a big deal, and I think we got to give credit um, where credit's due there with Jay Tatum. Now, on the sixter side of it, i got a couple things that's an issue for me. <clears throat> Joel Embiid, look, I give Jokic a lot of flack. I said that, you know, he should have won the MVP. NBA should have won the MVP last year in regards to this year. But he can't go five for 18 in the closeout game. It just can't happen. It can't happen. I, I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if Doc Rivers didn't sh- uh, call you know, the right plays or if James Harden wasn't playing well. Can't It can't happen. Because if Jokic would have done that, we would have killed him. And I, I got to be fair. I would have killed Jokic if he did that. And Jokic handled his business and Embiid didn't. Second part about this, in particular with Joel Embiid. And the reason I'm harping on Joel Embiid, Trey, is because you know he's the MVP. Got to do give him credit. He kind of got a little Rudy gobert You know, Jason Tatum was able to pull him out in the perimeter and basically go to work, and that was kind of exposed a little bit, but not really a big deal. My third and main issue with the Joel B thing is he doesn't punish little guys like I want to him, want to see him do. I'm going to give you an example, Trey, and I'm going a little long-winded, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going with it. Every time you watch Jokic, and Charles Barkley talks about it all the time, when Jokic gets any little guy switched onto him, he punishes them. Like, it's not like a question. Like, he doesn't look around and, and try to assess the situation. Like, he's going to make you pay every single time and regret that. It, and we're talking about little guys. Trey, we're talking about Kevin Durant, too. Like, not like these are little guys not, not in just height. Like, if you're just not with the same bulk, he's going to work. I'm watching Joel Embiid, and I'm like, yo, when the last time I seen Joel Embiid take a hook shot? Every shot he got, Marcus Smart on him, and he'll he'll back him down, and then we're shooting fadeaway, run fadeaway jumpers. I, again, I'm being a little critical here of of his specific game because it did carry him to this point. But it doesn't. That, that's got to mean something, right? Or am I just like way off there? Like in in a game like that, a phys- with physicality matters in a big playoff game. Like how you score and how you impose your will shouldn't that matter a little bit? You
1: no, know, it really should matter, and I think it does matter, and I think that it's one of those things when he reviews the video this summer and he looks back at this series, along with all the other games throughout this year, I think he's going to reflect on it and get better at it. Like you said, punishing those little guys, being more being more of a destructive force inside the post, being able to kill people on the block. I just think it's something he's going to have to work on because I like Al Horford. You know, he's a larger guy. He's placed the center position, but there's no way he should be locking up Joel Embiid the guy that just won the MVP this year.
0: See, but that's fine. But that's fine. But even you, I'll give you, I'll live with that. But Marcus Smart, Trey, Marcus Smart. Like, this is a guard. And I love Marcus Smart. But no way in hell is Jokic letting that happen.
1: No way. Oh, Jokic will put 60 on you if you try that.
0: Yeah, like, just no way. Like, he's going to go through your chest until you have to just basically foul him, or you're going to have to do a hard double. And you were talking about it before. You'd like to see Joel B perform better as a passer, and we'll see that too. But re- regardless of that, what are we going? What's the Sixers going to do with the James Harden situation? Because you know, there's rumors. Obviously, he may want to go back to Houston. You know, he's got that option, the player option stuff like that coming up this summer. And I just think we got to get to a realistic expectation of what James Harden is. He's basically a, a star player. He's-, he's a former star player. And I think that I don't know if he can be the, your second best guy in the championship team anymore. Like just and there's no you know it's no disrespect to him, but the, the age and the miles he has on his body, I think honestly the best bet is to them to turn it over to Maxie and try to go with that direction as his your your second best guy and James Harden just kind of getting where you can fit in and make some things happen.
1: I think well, to kind of digress a little bit with the James Harden situation, it's going to be really interesting this summer because. He either can walk as a free agent, and the team receives nothing, no kind of compensation for him, or they give him a four-year max. Then it's hard to move him. It's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know the way we talked You know the way you talk about Westbrook. That's the same kind of conversation we're going to be having with Harden at that point.
0: I mean, but be, if you're Philly, I don't want to overreact too much with like a, a loss, but something's got to move there, right? I mean. Doc Rivers is going to be the scapegoat for everybody, which I'm going to go on record now, a little unfair. You know, he didn't He didn't put together his greatest coaching performance today by far, but there's a lot of things that happened on the court, you know, that wasn't Doc Rivers' fault. Now, I do think they could do some other things offensively. Like, the whole situation with Joel Embiid, always just having to catch the ball at the elbow and then, like, having to face up a guy. Like, it's like Joel Embiid, like, loves to be a guard, but, like, sometimes I need him to be a big. Like, we can go to the traditional just throw him in the – throw him down in the block sometimes and kind of just go from there. That's just me personally, you know, just a guy, just a fan watching the the game. But I don't know what has to change for them. And I don't know, essentially, even if they want to change something, I don't know what they could do. You know what I mean? What's available? Because, Trey, you, you, you said a good point. You can't let Harden walk for nothing. So don't you kind of have to bring him back? You know what I mean?
1: If you're really in between a rock and a hard place, you kind of do have to bring him back. You just can't have him walking for nothing. But if you bring him back, you have to retool this roster around him. And maybe that includes trading Maxi. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great, you know, up-and-coming young player. I know you and I, we talked about him, you know, that group Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero. We kind of tried to see where Maxi fits in with that group. Yeah, And I think he fits in at the top of that group. Like, I I'm really am high on him. But if you're going to keep hard you yours, you're definitely in a win now situation. And what I mean by that is you have to win in the next year. Maybe two, but you have to win next year, probably. I think you trade uh, Maxi, you trade Tobias Harris, and you try to get the best pieces you can around him. All out what the Lakers did this year with LeBron James and Anthony Davis by bringing in D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hashimura, and uh, Vanderbilt. You know, you try to bring those play- players around them. You kind of take some of the load off your star players, and you hope that it just works out. But that's another question that I have, Trey, that you brought up. What is the best fit around Joel Embiid? I don't know.
0: Like, do you just want guys that are just stand around guys that can just shoot the ball? You want guys that can kind of create? Because I feel like Maxi kind of gives you a little bit of both, you know, in that respect. Tobias Harris gives you a little bit of both. He can catch a shoe, but then he's also like he can do a he has a little wiggle. So like, I don't know if you get rid of those guys, like how much better do you do you get? Unless packaging those two guys and some picks gets you a star whatever the next star available is, I, I'll throw the name out there. You know I want him on the heat. Damian Lillard, right? Like if you can package a maxi package, Tobias Harris, a couple picks, can you get Damian Lillard? That That's a situation I think that is the only way you make like a move. What do you think about that?
1: You know, I really think that's uh, a good uh, position that you brought up, trying to get Damian Lillard. I don't know how realistic it is. You know, know, I have my thoughts about Damian Lillard, and I think he's just staying in Portland. I kind of wish he would get off of that. I'm like, you're a really great player. I would love to see you actually compete for a championship somewhere else that's better fitted for you. But nonetheless, I just don't know how realistic that is for Philadelphia. I think Phil is kind of stuck. Like, they tried everything. They had Jimmy Butler. They had Ben Simmons. They – Wasted, I don't want to say wasted, but they used to pick your Markel Falls. None of these names that i mentioned worked out with them. I just yeah. don't know what else you can do.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a long summer. We got a, lot, a long summer to talk about Philly, so I'll leave that kind of where that's I, I do want to touch on the Celtics, though, going forward with the Heat. This is a rematch of last year. Obviously, Celtics have home court advantage this time around, the Heat being the eight seed. Just early thoughts on that series, you know, Monday morning quarterback style. Like, what what are you looking forward to most in the series? I'm not really even going to ask you to give a prediction right now. If you want to, go ahead. But just what you- what are you thinking series wise before I become a homer?
1: Um, <laughs> you know, I-, I think this is going to be a really physical series. I think it's going to be kind of similar to what we saw, uh, possibly with the Miami Heat and New York Knicks. In the sense that it won't be like 130 point games, like it's 130 to 128. I think the games are going to flow around like the high 90s, the low 100s, as far as score wise. Um, I really just wish that Tyler Hero would have been available for the Miami Heat because mm-hmm. he would have been a secondary ball handler. You know, he would have been um, a great scorer, you know, that the Miami Heat need right now. Right now, their main scorer is Jimmy Butler, and then you're just looking for whoever's going to step up next. So that leaves me a um, a little bit concerned. But just with the way Jimmy Butler's been playing this year, and I mean this playoffs in particular, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking Miami in seven. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And Boston's been inconsistent. And I don't think – you can get away with (coughs) that with Philly, but I don't think Miami's going to let you off the hook playing inconsistent. Like they're going to make you pay. Like you're not going to have a game one where – Harden's, you know, going mm-hmm. crazy, but then nobody – I mean, well, Harden's going crazy. They win a game one, and then all of a sudden they take their foot off the gas, and now it's just a 1-1 series at the Boston on one game two. I don't think you're going to have that. If Miami smells blood, if they're able to win game one in that manner, they're going to win game two.
0: Yeah. Well, you made it easy for me. You know I'm obviously picking the heat. I mean, that's not <clears>
1: – <throat> excuse me. That's Oh, shocker. Really shocker there.
0: Yeah, you already know I'm picking the Heat. But my idea for picking the Heat is just this, and, and you basically saw my thunder there. Boston always has a couple, like, stinker games, where like head scratchers where you're just like, what happened here? Why did Tatum not play well? Why did Brown not play well? Why did these role players not play well? And I think the Heat are really good at taking advantage when teams are now playing at their best. Now, I think Tatum – or excuse me, not Tatum, Boston at – it's best. Like if you said that he paid their very best basketball and the Celtics played their very best basketball, the Celtics are the better team. They're the deeper team. They're probably the more talented team. However, I just sometimes think that they struggle to be their best and they're the mark of an inconsistent team as well as they played all year. We had the same questions going in about them, right? About what their inconsistency. So I think that he could take advantage of that. The only scary part for me is like you said before, the Tyler hero piece is going to be huge not having him because he's another guy that the heat every game, not just in the playoffs in the regular season as a heat fan. There's just, we good, we can go four or five minutes where it looks almost impossible to get a bucket. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like sometimes the offense is just so bad and Tyler hero can kind of bail you out of those situations and you don't have that. And then the second part is not as popular, but the Victor Oladipo piece, I've mentioned it on the podcast. I've mentioned it to you outside of the podcast. His defense on Jalen Brown was part of the difference in how we took that series to a game seven last year. And not having him to go against those guys is going to be huge. But I think the Heat have a real shot. The formula is the same as it was for Philly, as it is for us. First two games on the road. Gotta, gotta gotta get one of the two. It's not the end of the world if you don't get one of the two, because you can win two at home. But you know, ideally you'd like to get one of the two. But I'm excited for the series overall. I think it could go either way. If you told me Boston won this series, obviously I wouldn't be surprised at the favorites. But if the Heat won this series too in a six or seven game series, using the motivation of last year, riding playoff Jimmy, I'm not going to be surprised either. But we'll talk about that series later as it goes. Um, but in general, I do want to say this. Actually, real quick before I even move on, on this series, can Jimmy Butler sustain the success that he's had? Because he had a couple of quiet games towards the end of the Knicks series. Do you think it's realistic for him to put up some big games and like that be the formula for us to to beat Boston?
1: I mean, we've seen him do it in a bubble, and I know people like to try to downplay the bubble, but it was even playing conditions for everybody, and we saw him do it then. But I mean, so I don't see. What...
0: I mean, but I, I was going to ask real quick. I mean, what? How do you feel about the bubble thing as well, too? Because I, I've never really got too sold on that the the bubble thing is I mean I I can think of some of your arguments why it'd be harder. Again, I'm not really I'm biased on that obviously since the heat made it. But like did you ever buy into any of that stuff with the bubble and like how it was easier?
1: I mean obviously I have to acknowledge my biases too because you know how I feel about LeBron. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah yeah that's true that's true. Yeah so I think we're both a little bit biased. But um the thing the reason why I never bought into that was let's just say for the sake of our the sake of this argument, hypothetically, yeah, that a bubble was easier. Everybody was playing under those easier conditions. So even the playing field. Yeah, that's so, true. Yes, yeah, so that's why I've never bought into it. I'm like, everybody was playing under these same conditions. Nobody had an unfair advantage. And to tie that into a beautiful knot, all four of those teams that were in the conference finals for the bubble championship are again in the conference finals <laughs> yep. this year. So I think we can all agree and say that those teams are really good, regardless of the bubble or not.
0: And you're right. And that makes a great argument for, for those bubble haters, right? Like the same four teams are here. And now I know the main argument was, especially with the AD situation with the Lakers, it's like, you know, you know, they had the, the three or four month break because of COVID and he wouldn't have stayed healthy. But it kind of is what it is. I don't want to get too much in, deep in a rabbit hole on that. But shifting gears to that series, Warriors got finished off. Obviously, you know the Lakers are going to be in the in the conference finals with the Nuggets. Before we even get to that, real quick, your thoughts on the Warriors? I mean, is the dynasty over? Because I think that question at least has to be asked. Like, I mean, I, I think that I can I can find a way where they can continue this. But do you think this is their last deep run or even championship run with the Warriors? With as, as currently constructed, I should say.
1: I don't say I wouldn't say so, because to me, Steph Curry this year. In some weird way, he almost looked better than he has in any of his other previous years. Oh, yeah. Any I 100 percent agree. 10%. Yeah. Agree. Any of his MVP years, any of those record breaking, you know, wins years with the Warriors organization, those championship years. I think he looks better this year than he did in those past years. Now, what I will say is that I think they are going to have to retool this roster. And I don't think the dynasty is over, but I don't. It wouldn't be a shock to me if Draymond or Clay Thompson, if one of those key pieces is not there next year. I think uh, we all know Draymond's uh, incident where he punched one of his teammates earlier this year, uh, before the season, and I think that got him off to a rocky start. And then I think Clay Thompson, I think he just struggled throughout these playoffs, and um, I think both of those things really played a big part in why the Warriors struggled this year. But I think with retooling some of this roster, maybe getting rid of some of those young guys and flipping them from older players, maybe veterans, I think they can be back next year. Now, when I say back, that doesn't mean that I would have in favor to win the championship. But I think that they can legitimately compete to win a championship, sort of like what they did last year. Yeah,
0: I think the Warriors – I think if anybody's going to be moved, I think the Draymond situation is the writings on the wall. You know, he talked about it even on his podcast, you know, shortly after the punch thing happened. He's always butted heads with Steve Kerr outside of that. You know, that punch thing changed a lot of dynamics for that team, whether we want to like acknowledge it or not. Chemistry wasn't there. It just wasn't there. You can kind of feel it. I think the guys felt it too. I don't think the chemistry with that current squad as constructed will ever be the same. But I do think that they can win a lot of games and, and really compete. You know, now the Draymond situation is how much money is he going to command on the market? You know, how much how valuable is, is he to another team? I, I'm, I know I'm certain that he realizes his value to this team and he may be more valuable to the Golden State Warriors and probably any other team. But he may just also want to get it back. Then you got the Clay Thompson piece. I'm not really too worried about him too much because he did have an excellent year this year coming back first full year from injury. And I know he struggled in the playoffs game. Six clay was pretty horrible, but I can kind of live with that. So my whole thing is like the Jordan pool situation, like paying that guy 110 million or whatever it was and not getting him to perform and then doing the whole thing with the young guys. And it really not really panning out with the Moses Moody and Kaminga situation. A lot of that stuff, that's going to be the main thing for the warriors I'm looking at going forward. How do they retool this roster? And of course, I don't know if I missed you that you mentioned this, but of course, you know, the CBA trade, too, is going to be a big part of this. You can't go into the luxury tax like you used to. And basically, you know, for people that are listening to this, not getting too complicated, the Warriors were able to construct their roster together financially because of just taking advantage of certain rules. And essentially, they're not going to be able to do that, you know, going forward. So it, basically, long story short, they're not going to be able to pay as many guys as they used to big money. And Jordan Poole is already now one of the guys is being paid the big money and clay and Draymond are both coming up and we know Steph Curry gets money. So that's going to be the situation. They're kind of in, you know, kind of going forward. So we'll see what the warriors do with this off Offseason off season of the NBA is always interesting, of course, but moving on to the Lakers, they took care of business. They're playing the nuggets. What's your overall look on this series as well?
1: Um, I think it's going to be a really competitive series. Um, If I had to pick a big man to match up with Jokic, I think Anthony Davis, the way he's looking now would be at the top of the list, maybe NB, but I think right now we even get the edge to Anthony Davis just because of his defensive prowess and his ability to uh, really attack the glass on the offensive man and to be kind of a force down low. Mm -hmm. With all that said, LeBron James, he still has to be an impactful player in order for the Lakers to win this series and ultimately compete for and win a championship. And I think at the age of 38, on top of a foot injury that many are speculating probably will require offseason surgery, surgery. I think it's fair to say that he just doesn't look the same as what we're used to seeing. And yeah. I, I just, I really have my concerns about him and Anthony Davis being able to keep their foot on the gas and been able to play at the highest levels well enough to beat this well-oiled Nuggets machine. And it, it is a machine. Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Jokic, they're all playing well at the right time. I'm—I'm I'm really. It's really hard for me it's to tough. make a pick. It's tough. The Lakers are going to have to win one of the first two. If they don't win one of the first two, I think they're out of it. And I'm Denver gonna say the plays Lakers so in six, well at so. home. They, they've been playing well at home, but the Nuggets would snatch their heart out if they win the first two, because I think LeBron and Anthony Davis, they'll do the calculations if they don't win the first two. Like this is a team that we're not going to win the next four out of five games. Uh-uh. We're just not.
0: Mm. So, yeah, I mean, this series, I can go either way with it too. The Nuggets are so deep and you mentioned a lot of those guys. We didn't even mention Bruce Brown, Christian Braun, the rookie, like they just got so many guys that they can bring at you, but the Lakers did retool in the, in the, during the trade deadline and they, you know, got a roster that on any given night you got guys that can play well. I, I think for some reason I, I just feel like the Lakers are going to find a way to get this done. And obviously this is all pending health and everybody stay healthy and stuff like that. But the way AD is playing when he's right, look, Jokic is going to be big yoke. He's going to get what he's going to get. But, man, when AD is playing right, it is special to see on the defensive end and I just think that if LeBron can get going in spurts, they can have a chance. And I feel like he was kind of biding his time and he was waiting for, like, towards the end of the playoffs to kind of really, you know, hit his foot on the gas, you know, no pun intended, with the injured foot. But the the Lakers in general, I feel like with the experience, especially with AD and LeBron and being in, the, in this type of situation, I think that they'll be able to get it done. But I'm going to go... I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go Lakers. I, I think it's a I think it's a long series, though.
1: So, are you saying six or seven?
0: Ooh. See, th- that's the problem. If, if it's a seven game series, it's like are they going to close it out in Denver? Like,
1: see, that's, that's why I'm just, saying um, six. I think they have to do it in six. So, I'm I'm, I'm picking the Lakers in six.
0: And I'm be honest, I'm mostly picking the Lakers just because of the LeBron situation. Like, the, I just think the Nuggets are probably a better team, and usually, the better team does win in the series. But, like, the Lakers feel like they have this kind of mojo, like, going on with this squad. And, yeah, I'll go Lakers. I think I'm going to go Lakers in six. I, I just think – this isn't
1: a prime LeBron. You're talking about the LeBron situation.
0: Yeah, but, you know, LeBron's kind of one of those guys that it's, like, it's hard to bet against.
1: You know, and yeah. Yeah, I'm not even a LeBron fan, but, like, no matter what,
0: it just – it feels almost sacrilegious to be like, oh, you can't get it done. And then he's just, like, can get it done. So – and and, look. The Nuggets played well, but I saw some chinks in that armor too. Like with the, when Devin Booker and KD got kind of got going, it got tough there for a little second. And I do think if I know everybody kind of gets on Chris Paul, but I do think if Chris Paul was there, we could have been potentially talking about a game seven in that series. And then and then a game seven, as you can see, it can go either or. Nuggets probably still would have won that series, but I'm just saying it can kind of, you know, it can go either way in that situation. But I, I'm gonna go Lakers, and I, I'm gonna go with the rematch. I'm gonna go Lakers and Heat. I'm going to go Lakers and Heat and then just kind of see where the chips fall with man. Because if I'm the Heat, I, I want to get by the series, obviously. And if we do get by, I want to see the Lakers again. Because you already know how I felt. I've talked about this on this podcast. I think that we would have <laughs> won that series if if Drogic and, and Bam were healthy. So I want to see them when we're healthy and they're healthy and kind of go from there. Because I think this is a better Bam to deal with AD than he was maybe, what, uh, three years ago or whatever it was. So, you know, I'm I'm excited to see that. But I'm excited overall for the playoffs. It's getting closer towards the end, so, um, you know, we got we got a lot to touch on. But real quick, Trey, all NBA teams came out. I'm not going to go through the whole list. I know you've seen it. Did you have any, like, big discrepancies, anything that stood out to you? I heard a couple whispers of some players that weren't on there, but anybody that was just, like,
1: something egregious? Um, I would say nothing egregious. I was – Honestly, kind of surprised that LeBron made his way onto the list. You know, he was <laughs> yeah, third yeah. team All-NBA. Yeah, I was kind of like, uh, Yeah. I don't know about that one, but, I mean, if you're going to give it to somebody, I know a lot of times in the NBA, at least, they like to give older players nods. nods. That's kind of how, like, Kobe kept getting All-Star game votes, even though, we you know, he was an All-Star player. So, I know it's a little bit different with All-NBA, but I'm not going to really sweat over it. And outside of that, I didn't I really didn't have any issues with it, did you? So
0: I the LeBron piece was something I was gonna mention just because of the games missed and stuff like that. And but I didn't wanna be the LeBron hater, so I just wanted to let it go. I, I don't want to have recency bias, but I thought that I wasn't sure about the Julius Randle piece there too, but he had a great regular season. So,
1: you know. But he had a great regular season. It's the same thing with the MVP award because I was being a recency biased. I was having that before we got on the podcast about Joel MB when it's MVP. Yep. So, but
0: other than that, like usually every year I have like really big discrepancies on it. Oh, I, I was like nitpicking at stuff. Like I would, I thought, you know, John Morant didn't miss like enough, enough games to not be on there. Um, but then again, it's, it becomes a situation. Who would you take out? And I look at the six cars, Lillard Fox, you know, Mitchell and Curry and Shea and Luca, I'm like, well, I don't know if he had a better season than those six guys, even if he was healthy. You know what I mean? Like, so I look at that situation. When we talked about the LeBron thing, the only real forward that I really think could have had a legit chance is probably Lori Markinen. Like he had a great year. And then maybe Pascal Siakam. Those are probably the only two forwards I'm like, okay, if, if LeBron was gonna be replaced, those if those would be those would probably be the only two guys. And then I I guess if you count Anthony Edwards as a forward, then he would be the third guy. One, so one of those three guys, if let's just say Anthony Edwards would have made it instead of LeBron, I would have been fine. Laurie Markkinen, I would have been fine. Siakam, I would have been fine. Anybody else, you know, you can kind of live with the centers. I think they did it all right. Those are the best three centers all year and be Jokic, um, Sabonis. I love Bam, but Bam is, you know, those three guys had better years and AD didn't play enough games. So I'm, I'm kind of cool with the list. Like that doesn't really happen every year. Like I was cool with the All Star this year. I was cool with the All NBA. But now next year, Trey, this list is gonna look completely different because now it's just gonna be positionless. So like I don't know if next year Sabonis makes the list because you don't have to have a spot for a center. You know what I mean? So we've talked about it, but I'm kind of gonna be sad to see it in a way because I do think those there's gonna be a lot of positions of guys that are not gonna make these teams that are really deserving because of what
1: they do for their teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm excited about the positionless uh, All NBA because, again, as we discussed in the earlier pods, the All NBA vote, All NBA um, recognition, is tied to a lot of these guys' contracts. For example, Jalen Brown, if he didn't receive All NBA All NBA recognition this year, he could uh, he was going to lose eighty million dollars on his contract or his next contract. He wasn't going to be able to get the max. So I think with the list, uh all-NBA teams, it just makes it easier for, like, let's say we have a year where we just had three really good guards, like Westbrook, Curry, and Damian Lillard, like we had three or four years ago. They can now all make the all-NBA team without any worry about, oh, somebody's going to be left off, and then that's going to cause contractual issues down the line. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out next year because I feel like if it's a year where there's guard heavy, I just, I don't know. I don't want to see a thing where 10 of the 15 guys are guards because I just think that will eliminate how important sometimes bigs are and how great they are in their, in their positioning and vice versa. So that's my only real worry from it. But like, like I said, it may be the best and look, the NBA is always good to pivot, right? If it doesn't work out in a couple of years, they'll just change it. They, 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 they Adam Silver, we we, <laughs> we were joking about, we were talking about David Stern earlier and the things that he wouldn't let go adam silver is kind of cool whatever he's like y'all want to do this let's do it if y'all don't want to do it we won't do it like it's 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 very very cut and dry for adam silver so there's a lot of benefits to that and trying new things is always a a good thing as well so and we'll see how that goes but anyway i want to thank everybody so much for joining us once again um like we always say give us a like subscribe on you know on apple we're on spotify youtube anywhere you can think of we got a lot of content for you guys of course coming up we're always going to give you a podcast um, to always listen to and on the way out of course i will sw- swing it to trey
1: um again guys thank you so much for the like and supporting us uh throughout the years we really do appreciate it uh we don't take it for granted so again we just want to thank you so much for uh, following us and uh until next week peace peace